During our time at school, we've all known one or two, or let's face it, several people, who we'd identify as, well, stupid. Are you stupid? Perhaps it was young Bobby who didn't use conjunctions in his speech. Or maybe wide-eyed Sandra, who insisted that until 8th grade, 12 divided by 6 equals 3. Whatever! Or perhaps it was young Adam, who always seemed to have those cute, chubby, pursed lips of confusion on his face. History has identified these wide-eyed and, frankly, dumb students by a variety of names, and none of them are nice. However, the word associated with the harshest classroom discipline happens to have its roots in Scottish high-level learning. Hello, and welcome to Before Words, where we explore the origins and meanings of the words we use each and every day. I'm your host, and a dimple on a tomcat, Adam Couchy. Today, we'll be talking about the word we associate with those pointy classroom hats. Dunce. As a preface to today's story, I would like to say that intelligence is the subject of the time we are in. While any individual may look at themselves as intelligent, and I do, great with abstract thought, or a stable genius, <laughs> more likely than not, the majority of us will be collectively looked at as morons in a thousand years. So in reality, we're all actually dullards, dolts, ignoramuses, and dunces in the context of history. I take pride in all those names. The term dunce as we know it is inextricably linked to the dunce cap. We can all conjure up images of this form of public shaming from TV shows of the 50s. Black and white, the poor young boy who is holding back the class is forced into the corner to wear a conical cap with the letters D-U-N-C-E marking his shame. He probably wasn't the same after that. I know I wasn't. But my, do we humans love humiliating each other. This scarlet letter of stupidity was used in classrooms to shame slow-witted and bad behavior as recently as the 1950s. Little Billy, you haven't answered in a while. Have you studied your multiplication tables? Last night I had to milk 12 goats, and I didn't get around to it. Well, Little Billy, I hope your mind is as good as your hands, and you can avoid the dunce chair this time. What's three times five? Uh, fourteen? Oh my, Billy. Your astounding intelligence has landed you... Yeah? What? Right in the dunce chair. <laughs> then the teacher would walk over and place the large hat onto little Billy's head and walk him over to the chair where he was publicly shamed. Now laugh at little Billy, for little Billy is a moron who will never learn. Don't worry. Little Billy now makes more than the rest of the class because he studied to be an electrician when nobody else in the class wanted to. He even has a lake house. Here we come to the irony of the dunce cap, in the term dunce itself. Imagine yourself in the 13th century Paris, and you consider your mind to be chiseled and eager to receive new information from the highest minds of the time. You walk into a philosophy class, eagerly anticipating the concepts of Mr. John Duns Scotus. The Franciscan monk of Scottish heritage was one of the smartest metaphysical thinkers of his time. Your mind is feverishly taking in his speeches about the metaphysical existence of God, rather than some dude just walking in the clouds. His intricate and complex theories are challenging a lot of the standard theological beliefs you hold. As you look around to observe the excitement of your peers, you notice many of them are wearing pointed hats. 
It looks a bit like a classroom of wizards. You're a wizard, Harry. Out of curiosity, you give your neighbor a nudge. Mr. Scotus can spin quite the scintillating yarn. Yeah, each word from this man's mind grips my mind and brings me to a new world. Truly, quite something. But uh, what's, what's with all the hats? Oh, well, they uh, funnel intelligence, of course. Oh, so how does that work? Well, John Dunn Scotus taught us that the style of hat funnels intelligence directly into the brain. <laughs> um, I was skeptical at first as well. However, uh, he explained that wisdom, it like floats around in the air and it funnels through the tops of these hats and directly down into our minds like lightning bolts, dude. Oh. Uh, right, makes perfect sense. This is an actual thing that John Dunn's SCOTUS believed. He wanted a classroom that resembled the imagery of a wizarding council. <laughs> Don't we all? And that this technologically advanced hat would make him and his pupils more intelligent. More astounding, when we look at this through today's lens, it worked. Mr. SCOTUS was considered one of the most intelligent people of his day and his designer headwear was commonly associated with a group of high-level thinkers known as the Dunsmen. Okay, sidebar. The Dunsmen is the best you can think of when you have a council of wizards? You get, what about, like, Lightning Bolt Fireball Council? What about the cadre of beautiful people with long beards and droopy capes? What about Pince-Nay? We all have them. We all want to wear them. Can I get a pipe? I mean, Dunsmen? That's the best you can think of? In ecclesiastical academics, Scotism retained a favorable view for two centuries. His examinations of the metaphysical were appropriately carried beliefs long after his death through his devoted Dunsman. Ultimately, as the Renaissance brought more humanist thinking, Scotism faded out. And if you were seen on the streets wearing the conical cap, you were looked at as the local Nimrod. Over the course of the next century, Enlightened thinkers of the time saw the Dunsman as the embodiment of idiocy and ignorance. Through time, the once great philosopher's classroom of intellectual wizards was reduced to the laughingstock of history and the shame of anyone who was seen as following Scotus in his path. Our first sight of its current usage came in the 1624 John Ford play, in reference to a table where the dullards would be set apart from the others, kind of like me at Thanksgiving. 200 years ago, the insult had become a part of popular culture and found its way into Charles Dickens's book, The Old Curiosity Shop. As a rather conspicuous form of discipline, the dunce and dunce chair remained the choice from the Victorian era all the way up through the late 1900s, when it was ultimately banned in America. After an incident of public humiliation in the early 2000s, the always progressive British finally banned the use of the dunce corner in 2010. Well, that is very recent. Today, John Scotus' image has been somewhat repaired, and he is widely regarded as a great philosopher of the Middle Ages, which is a time period where we can grade on a curve, let's be honest. And let's face it, based on our continued proclivity for cataclysmic and moronic life choices, who really are we to be calling people dunces in the first place? We're all inevitably dunces. We all have moments of idiocy, and we can only hope that our ideas don't catch fire as the new emblem of stupidity. I'm thinking of last night at the dinner party when I blurted out that I had a pimple on my butt, and it hurts. I just wanted somebody to acknowledge that. It hurts. So hey, 
just be nice. Unlike my aunt, who just laughed at me. Anyway, this has been Before Words. I'm Adam Couchy. A cape is what I wear to the grocery store. And we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.